Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there, this is John Holt with a special edition of the Signal Hill Podcast. And while I like to think I know a lot about sports, I don't know as much about sports as this guy, Bob Fesco. Uh, I'm going to be real open here, Bob Fesco. It's Bob Fesco, 610 Sports, Fesco in the morning. We're both, let's let's be open here. We have to be honest with our listeners. We're both Jayhawks. Yeah, we're both big-time Jayhawk okay. fans, right? That's okay. That's, That's all right. It's all right to disagree with some people we, sometimes. It we is. We'll be friends. We, we, we're not haters. No. We're and lovers. Since the, since the split, like, you don't feel the hate <laughs> no, anymore. No, isn't you that really, the truth? It really stinks, you know? It really does stink. I think... I mean, I don't really cheer for other schools, but I don't cheer against them. Right. Not that I ever have. But now that look, we're talking MU, right? Sure, we're absolutely. Yeah. We're not in the same conference anymore. It's different. It really is. It's changed, the, I think, the sports landscape more than anything in, in this town. And I know we're kind of jumping in and probably no, okay. going that's in, right. in a that's different what, direction. That's what it's but, all about. You know, and, and I'll do a shameless plug here. On my podcast, I interviewed you. We're right. kind of knocking these out together, <laughs> you know? And I asked you about what would what would change in the next 10 years in Kansas City. And as I'm asking the question, I'm thinking about, because I'm coming up on 10 years now with Josh Klingler and I doing the show yeah. at 610. Another good our, KU guy. Another great KU guy, right? And and so we're sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, what's going to happen in the next 10 years? And I look back at the last 10 years. Who would have said 10 years ago, the Big 12 is going to split up. Missouri is going to be in the SEC. Kansas and Kansas State may not even have a home. The Royals are going to go to two World Series and we're going to have the MVP at quarterback of the Chiefs. Right. Right. All of those. If things. I would have told you that 10 years ago, would you have bought any of that? Oh, boy. I'm, which one would I have not bought? Probably the Royals in the World Series. See, I wouldn't have bought the Big 12 splitting up. Yeah, I never point. thought that was a possibility either. But then you look back and you see, and we've been doing a lot of research on this lately for whatever reason, because we're bored, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, you talk about it. But Yeah, but back in 1990, they were talking about this yeah. kind of stuff. So this has been going on forever and a day in college athletics. And I think it's changed the whole landscape of Kansas City. We've gone from such a college-centric town to a professional town now. And I know we're jumping ahead, but you just th- you threw something down that I've, I've been wanting to ask anyway. Is that why we probably won't have an NBA team here? You have such so many college roots here, combined with the fact that we're not a Fortune 500 town. You yes. have to have the money to buy the suites and the season tickets. But does college basketball play a role in that? Well, I, I don't know that that necessarily does. I think the lack of an owner has everything to do with it. And, and everybody you talk to says, well, we need an owner. We need an owner. We need an owner. And unless there's somebody, you know, like Oklahoma City saw where he was willing to move a franchise because he wanted it to be in Oklahoma City, we got to find somebody like that who yeah. wants to have a franchise here in Kansas City. And I don't know about you, but I don't know who that guy is right now or that gal is right now. You're, or you're or pull any, our money? Yeah. Nah, I mean, nah, nah. And, it, and it's, it's gotten to the point where it's yeah. so expensive to own a – 
uh, a franchise so now, true. you know? And yeah. you're right, without Fortune 500 companies here like we used to have, the base isn't there. And I would hate for something that we currently have, whether it be the colleges or, the, or Sporting KC or the Royals or the Chiefs, to have to suffer because we brought something new into town. All right, let's back up a little bit because I, I want to I want to hear about you first uh, or second, as it were. Now, yeah, right. Uh, we're talking to Bob Fesco, six ten sports Fesco in the morning, and I I know you're a Jayhawk. You're younger Jayhawk than I am. I can tell you that right mm-hmm. now. Um, but you you grew up in New Jersey, right? Yeah, I did. What? How did you get to Kansas? Saki. Please explain. Okay. This is what podcasts are all about. Right. It's all over the map. You, you get to tell the sake. Yes. A night of drinking sake led me to the University of Kansas. There you go. My sister was a, an incredible swimmer her entire life. She was always number one in the state of New Jersey in her age group, just a really great competitive swimmer, and went on to the University of Pennsylvania. And that's an Ivy League school, so there's no scholarships down there. Maybe she got a textbook or two back in the day <laughs> when they still had books and things like that. So she was a competitive swimmer, and you would find yourself at swim meets for weekends on end watching her swim 25 seconds in the 50-meter freestyle, right? And so one of the girls that she swam with was, her name is Liz Schlicker, and her father was Harlan Schlicker. And if you may know the Schlickers from Topeka, Kansas, well, that's where you would know them from, not that you would. He moved to New Jersey years and decades and, you know, centuries almost now ago Mm -hmm. and made money on Wall Street and was always a big KU fan. In fact, graduated high school with Bob Davis, the former voice of the Jayhawks. Bob Davis, good. I mean, everybody misses Bob. He was fantastic on the radio. And so we're sitting around a Japanese steakhouse one night, and and I don't remember if it was in New Jersey or if it was in Rhode Island, and and you know he had made so much money by the time we were at this point, he was retired. It didn't, you know, he's just retired. Very eccentric individual as well. Very smart, very eccentric. Sitting there doing sake shots, and he goes, "So you want to be in journalism?" I said, "Yeah, I think that's kind of what I want to do." Yeah, he goes, "Well, then you should go to Kansas." And I said, "I don't even know where that where is." Where is it? Right? Where is Kansas? New Jersey boy, right? Jersey. Yeah, I'm going to Kansas. All right, fine. Went to Kansas and saw it, and that was it. I didn't really, really? look at another school. I went to Bradley on a visit with my father one time just to see some sure. other things. I went to a spring game at Auburn University for football. That was incredible. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I met Tom Hedrick. I met Dana Livengood at, at the University of Kansas, and, and I was sold on KU. And it was obviously, you know, people will say, oh, the, the moment you met your wife, or it's the most important decision I made. If I didn't go to Kansas, I never would have met my wife. I never would have right. had the kids that I had, and we right. wouldn't be sitting here today. Which is great. And I, I'm, I'm happy you made it. I'm happy you became a New Jersey Jayhawk. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's great for the school. And, and you mentioned a couple of names there. Uh, Tom Hedrick. I mean, mm-hmm. he, what a mentor. Yeah. What, what, what did he, what impact did he have on your career? And I know Kevin Harlan is another example. Sure. He put his arm around and helped guide. Yeah. How did it work for you? Well, Tom Hedrick was very influential. I think about things that he said to me every day. And, and, and one of those is Bobby Fesco, don't trust anything except a two page written document signed by both parties and the man looking back at you in the mirror when you <laughs> shave. And he's right about yeah. that. I mean, in, in any walk of life, who can you trust? You know, you can trust the contract yeah. and you can trust yourself. Other than that, you have to be it, you know, sure. all right, you got to question things all the time. So I think about that all the time and, and, and just the way that he had a hands-on approach with all the students. You know, he did Baker baseball, Baker football, all of these games and used to bring us along and we used to do the games with him. So we get all this real world experience by being in classes mm-hmm. with him and 
You know, I, I look back at a lot of the students that, that we had at the time, and one of them that comes to mind is a guy by the name of Brian Seaman, who was just named the television voice of the Los Angeles Clippers about wow, a month ago. Okay. So, And he was doing their radio for a long time. Sure. And I think of all the people that he was been able to mentor. You mentioned mm-hmm. Kevin Harlan and how wonderful Kevin was and is and, and all these folks that, you know, he would bring into class and, you know, have talked to us. But he brought Bob Costas in to talk to us wow. one time. So A Syracuse grad. I know, yeah, a Syracuse guy. Right. But still, I mean, like, when you're in college and all these big names are mm-hmm. coming to talk to you, that's pretty darn impressive, impressive. man. And, 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 you know, Tom was able to lay out all of that and just be just a great mentor and friend and somebody you can still talk to. He is a gem, um, and, and and when you're when you're with Tom, are you thinking play by play? Because really, sports talk hadn't taken off yet, had it? No, but where I grew up in New Jersey, it was right outside of New York City. I was a Mike and the Mad Dog guy, uh-huh. so I listened to them all the time. Well, and everything starts on the coast and works its works way its in, way right? In, yeah. right? And so, but yeah, I thought play by play until my first job ever. And I got fired on the first day of doing play-by-play. It was Appleton City, Missouri. You ever hear of Appleton City? I have, actually. So I was doing Appleton City High School football games, and I was the color analyst. (laughs) And it was when I was still in college, and I was getting $10 a game, and they were taking taxes out. Mm. So Mm. by the time you got a paycheck, it was seven and a quarter, maybe, right? Not even minimum wage right, now, no, right? No, nothing, right? $10 a game. <laughs> and I was driving from Lawrence to Clinton, Missouri, yes, or Appleton City, or yes. wherever we were going. So you're losing money on the deal, but you're getting the real-world experience, they told me, right? And I did get real-world experience. And this is another kind of Tom Hedrick story. Got fired after my first game because I was too critical of one of the athletes out there. And Tom mm-hmm. Hedrick pulled me into his office, and he said, you're not Mike Francesa. You're not Chris Russo. This is the Midwest. We don't do things. That's this what way. you grew up with. Yeah, that's what I yeah. grew up with. In your face, you know. You yeah. stink. You're terrible. Yeah. You're awful. You know. That's what I brought this to the Appleton table. Appleton City, Missouri. This is Appleton City, Missouri. <laughs> and he goes, "You're going to get this job back. I'm going to help you get this job back. But you're going to go eat humble pie, and you're going to go apologize, and you're going to admit that you were wrong on the air, and we'll handle this." And I did that, and I admitted I was wrong, and I ate the humble pie, and it was probably the best lesson that I've ever had in this yeah. business to be not such a jerk all the time. You know, <laughs> that's the stuff you can't learn in the classroom. You can't. No, no I agree. I agree. But your first real job was Seguin, yes, Texas. It was. What did you do Texas. down there? How'd you end up? there uh, tom hedrick again ah, the owner of the radio see, station. there you go but, but you know and he made a phone call down there and said hire this kid now i i tried to get the job myself you know right. i found the job i applied for the job i went down there for the interview and he goes oh i know whoever the owner was at the time or was an old owner of the station he made a phone call down there the old owner called the new owner said this would be a good guy to hire and boom mm-hmm. i got the job and i was the voice of texas lutheran university football and I did morning sports and afternoon sports, covered three or four high schools, did some high school Texas football, you know, sideline reporting back right. then because I was normally traveling with the college team at the time. Yeah. And so I got to experience, you know, Friday night lights Texas, and all its glory. Yep, yep. But that station was a juggernaut for turning out talent. Uh, Vern Lundquist started at that station. Mm. Uh, a guy by the name of Cordell Patrick, who used to work at Channel 41 here in Kansas I remember City. Cordell, yes. He started at that station and one of the, uh, the top sportscasters in San Antonio also started at that station. We were right outside of San Antonio, yeah. like DeSoto to Kansas City type sure, of distance. Sure. So I went down there for a year and 10 months, and I spent more time trying to get out than you know enjoying it down right. there, and um, did college football for two years, You know, did the sports report, all that kind of stuff, and 
you know, just worked your tail off, and it was a lot of fun. And from there, you came back to Kansas City came at to that Kansas point? City. Yeah. yeah, Don Fortune hired me to be his producer, him oh and my. Jim Rose at the time. How about that? And that's when sports talk was kind of in its infancy in this market. Yeah, like two, it was 2001. So really, for you, you're kind of a sports talk pioneer in Kansas City. So you get here, you're working for Don Fortune. Mm-hmm. How has it changed? And by the way, then... And I want to talk to you about how competitive this market is because there aren't many markets of our size where you have two, you know, sports talk stations right. exclusively battling it out. But how ha- has it changed from your time with Don Fortune to today? Well, I, I, a lot, really. Yeah. I mean, just the, the the way you prep. Don used to come in, read the paper, and you know, just you know, oh, Whitlock said this. Well, I'll disagree with him. Yeah. You know, like yeah. one of those things. There, there's so much more information now at your fingertips, and right. so many more ways to do it. You, you, you got to be entertaining, okay? It's not it's not about recapping the game from last night. No. Everybody saw the game. If they didn't see the game, they know the score. You hardly ever give a score. You don't even you right. talk about that. Sometimes you don't even talk about those games. You're talking more about issues. You're talking more about a lot of stuff now, social issues that are going on, you know, just bigger issues in the world. But you also have to find a way to, you know, be entertaining. We do a morning show and we're not hardcore sports at all. We're not breaking down. You can't be at that time of morning. You can't be. No, you just can't. You got to be entertaining, entertaining, entertaining. And it's so fast paced. I mean, it, it, you know, from the TV side of things, you're doing things in 30 second, 40 second, Mm -hmm. 20 second blocks. And that's kind of the way it is. Say we have a 10 minute second. You're trying to get at least two different topics in every 10 minutes to keep that moving along. Is that because your audience is in the car? Yeah. Driving. The average commute in Kansas City is about 20 minutes, I think, like 18 minutes. So you got people for 18 minutes. And if you get them for 18 minutes, that's good. That's real good if you get somebody that long. And and I'm guessing, I know in our business, people say, oh, you roll in about 4 o'clock, you're on the air at 5, then you go for a big dinner and you're back at 9. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. It's not that way for us. You have a couple cocktails, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly, before the next show. Back in the old days, maybe. Maybe, yeah. The Mad Men days. But what's show prep like for you, for your morning show? I'm guessing it's, it's... well, it's probably ongoing. It and never constant. stops. Yeah. yeah, it's constant. And people are always like, oh, so you do, you're done at 10, and then what do you do? I'm like, you start preparing for the next day. Like, the only time we're not preparing for the next day is from 6 to 10 a.m. when we're on the air. And even sometimes during that right. time, you see something, you know, let's save this for tomorrow, move this for tomorrow. But, you know, we work until about 11.30 or 12 o'clock at the office. Some of that's, you know, wasting time and could be spent otherwise. Then I'll, you know, grab a workout Don't at the J or yeah. something like that, you know, go home. And then you're just kind of on your phone, you're on your computer. Information yeah. is all always there and you just try to work and stay ahead as much as you possibly can and Ryan Wachowski our producer and Josh Klingler my co-host we're a really good team we work great yeah. together and you know everybody just kind of fires in ideas and there you go and you're but you're a, a father with young children yeah. you you have to find work-life balance mm-hmm. right and so how do you do that and I know the kids are probably at an age where they're they have activities going on, and you don't want to be glued to your smartphone. No. You can't watch every Royals game. Right. How do you balance that? You just do where you have a saint of a wife who, you know. Well, does, I, you I know, know that drill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got, you got a saint of a wife who picks yeah. up the slack and, and, and helps you out. But, you know, my kids are involved in soccer, and I coach their softball team. And, you know, when I'm with them, I, I try as much as possible. My wife will disagree with this. But I try to put the phone away as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm out there coaching softball. Oh, we, yeah. we practice once a week, and we have a game once a week. There during that time, I just leave the phone in the car. I'm not too worried about that. But that's also because I got the confidence in Josh and Ryan to know, hey, these guys can handle it today, or yeah. you know, these guys can handle this part, or these guys can handle that part. And we all all have that kind of trust in each other. And sure. I think that that's what it's all about. You mentioned, well, I actually, I want to back up. I know there are nights where games go late. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Chiefs are on a Sunday night, and they maybe they're on the road, maybe they're at Arrowhead. 
you have to watch the game, right? You have oh, God, to. Do- yes. So you're going to bed that much later. You're getting mm-hmm. less sleep, and your week starts off. You have to be tired. You just yeah. you just go on adrenaline at that point. You, you, you just, do. You yeah. have to. Right? Yeah. You, football is the only thing you have to be a part of, and yeah. it's really the only thing you know that I I say all right, I am committed. You know, and my wife's a big sports fan, so that helps. That helps. She gets it. And the kids mm-hmm. like it as well, so they it, it all works out well. But you pick and choose your spots. Josh used to say this for years. Oh, you got to pick and choose your spots. And as the Chiefs and Royals have become so much better and more important in this town, and the college teams have kind of fallen off, there's less big Mondays that I'm involved in, you know? Right. And and by the time, you know, that stuff rolls around, it's it's playoff time for football, so you're engrossed in that. But, right. yeah, I'm not missing a snap at Chiefs football. I mean, they're, they're just not – there's can't no now, reason you? to. Yeah. You can't. And no. even when they were bad, I didn't miss it. I just love the NFL. I love it. It's, it's so fan-friendly. Mm. It's one day a week. It's three hours. It's fast-paced. It's everything we want in sports from an attention span level of what we have in our mm-hmm. lives today. Mm-hmm. We want everything fast. We want everything quick. We want everything now. And the NFL gives you that. How has fantasy football changed that, too, though? I mean, it's not just the one team you're following anymore. Now you got to keep an eye on the league, which I suppose helps from a from a preparation standpoint, Yeah, but right? I'm not a huge fantasy guy because I'm 42 years old, and I look around and go, I really don't care about my fantasy team. I want the Chiefs to win. Right. You know, and people yeah. are, are getting into this mindset of what, what kind of numbers can Patrick Mahomes put up this year? Can he do better? I'm like, the only thing that matters is are they playing in February? Right. And if they're playing in February, right. then he did better than last yeah. year. If they're not playing in February, then he didn't do better than well, last I'm year. I'm not a numbers guy. So this whole cybermetrics, these, you know. Oh, the baseball oh, stuff. T- but even in football, now you have t- different statistics that are kept on. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It's nuts. What's it's, the final score and, you know, who performed and who didn't? Right. To me, that's, I'm still. I mean, now we're of, worried about how hard somebody's hitting a baseball. Yes. You know, the exit velo. Exit velocity or exit velo. Who cares? Yeah. Well, why did, it, did you win the game or not? Like, yeah. it, it's almost like, like for a lot of these fantasy guys and numbers guys, the result doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But that's all that matters to me. Because right. I know, hey, if the Royals win more than they lose, and there's a chance they're in the playoffs. Yeah. If the Chiefs win more than they lose, there's a chance they're in the playoffs. Right. Did Patrick Mahomes throw three touchdowns or three interceptions? I don't know, but they won they the game. They won the game, right. They won the game. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's what I would love to just get back to in sports where there's too much minutia now mm-hmm. in overanalyzing sports. Did they win the game? I found somebody who agrees with me on that. I love it. I'm just not a numbers guy. Never uh, have been. They're, they're, I can do math to save my see, life. See, I couldn't either, yeah. and that's why I'm that's a, why I we're I in prefer this the wordsmith yeah. side, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something, and I want to pick up on that, and that is the topics you discuss in the morning – May or may not be sports. And in fact, sometimes sports and life collide. Sure. We've seen that mm-hmm. in this town with Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you deal with that? Keep your callers at bay or in line. Have the conversation and have it, I don't want to say, well, civilly. How do you do it? In this day and age, everybody wants to yell at well, each other. Well, you do. And it, it's hard at times. It keeps things yeah. civil. We don't take a lot of phone calls. Our, our show is not designed for a lot of listener phone call. We yeah. use the text line more than anything. Okay, yeah, I've, yeah, I've noticed that. Who calls anybody anymore? You, know? <laughs> you well, and I communicate on Facebook, right? It's like, right. I don't even right. have your phone number. Um, so like people people just don't call anymore. But people are, are, are will text. And you know, you just kind of you, know, you temper yourself mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. at times with, with that kind of stuff. Because there are these divisive issues that people have their minds made up on. And whether it's Tyree Kill, whether it's something in the, in the real news side of things, mm-hmm. or whether it's something that happened on the field, if you got your mind made up, odds are it's going to be hard for you, you or me to convince each yeah. other to change our mind on something. Well, the best recent example of that was... But we have world... to know it's okay to disagree yes. and still have good discourse about that. I agree. I agree. And there's 
less and less of that, unfortunately. Right. And I, I blame cable news. Sometimes they sure. yell at each other and everybody goes, oh, that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. The Women's World Cup team is a good example of that, where, where they were winning and the equal pay issue becomes front and center. Right. You know? And there were times where I wanted to say, hey, let's... Let's just watch the soccer and re, you know revel, re, revel in the wins and the, and the World Cup, and then we can get back to the equal pay thing. I mean, you have to balance that too, right? That's yeah, a good absolutely example. Absolutely, you do. And, and I, I think for me with the Women's World Cup, I got an eight and a nine year old daughter. They oh, play sure. soccer. I watched the World Cup through them. They yeah. loved every minute. They loved cheering for Megan Rapinoe. They loved Alex Morgan. My daughter loves Alex Morgan, knows everything about her. Wow. They got a chance to meet Mia Hamm a couple of weeks ago here in Kansas City. It was phenomenal for them. Like Watching them have heroes, mm -hmm. so cool. Because yeah. when we were growing up, I had a sister. Her hero was like Lawrence Taylor because she watched football on Sunday with me and my dad. Wow. Or, watched, or Don Mattingly because she yeah. watched baseball, baseball with me and my dad. She didn't have like real, legit female right. athlete heroes. And my kids have those right they now. And I think those. that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, you're right about that. So growing up, were you Jets, Giants? Giants. Giants fan. Yankees, yeah, Mets. Yankees fan. Yankees, okay. Yeah. Jets, huh. Jets and Mets are you know together. Giants yeah, yeah. and Yankees <laughs> are together. You know what was interesting? And you may have experienced this too. When we were in New York in 15 for the World Series, I didn't realize how the the Yankees, so the Royals and Yankees, there's no love lost mm -hmm. until the, the Royals are playing the Mets in the World Series. And then we had people on the streets of New York saying, go Royals. Yeah. The Yankee fans. Sure. They want nothing to do with the Mets. Is I, that how it was? Or? I always told people growing up, the Mets were like the Toronto Blue Jays. Like, you might as well not <laughs> even yeah. be around. They're, you know? in, they're in Queens. But yeah, no, nobody really cares. You're kind of a, you know, you're a has-been. You know, you took over for the Dodgers and Giants and merged their colors and, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so. a, little, a little slice of uh, Bob Fesco's youth. That's yeah. who we're talking to, 610 Sports, Fesco in the morning and social media. You and I talked about this on our, our podcast that you were interviewing me, so I'll turn the tables now. How has that changed things? Oh, it tremendously changed things because everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to have, you know, their voice heard and get retweets and likes. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I used to be in that, that camp, like, oh, I better get this out on Twitter. And then I thought to myself, well, what am I gaining by putting this out on Twitter instead of saving it for my show or saving it for our website or whatnot? Okay, you're getting some likes and some retweets, but how does that help, right. really? And and in my standpoint, it really doesn't. So now I'm back to the mindset of I, I can use Twitter to engage every once in a while. But if there's something big, I'm making sure it's done on our airwaves or our website. Mm -hmm. And and that way, we are the ones that kind of own all of this. And it doesn't go to Twitter, where Twitter gets all the credit and right. the likes and the retweets. Because at the end of the day, that doesn't get you a whole lot. How do you deal with the trolls, the, 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 whether it's the Facebook button. or, well, or on air, yeah, yes, no, the, but, but the Twitter? Or whatever. I use the mute button mute a lot. Button. Yeah, I, I I only see you know mentions on Twitter from people that I want to see mentions from on gotcha. Twitter because I find myself wasting too much time on the negative. You know, the, the squeaky wheel always gets the grease type of thing. And I found myself spending so much time trying to defend myself mm -hmm. or, or, or discuss and those are people you're never going to convince. And a lot yeah. of those times they're folks that aren't even really consuming your product right. either, you know? We touched on this a little earlier, and I wanted to revisit it, and that is your experience in this radio market. Mm -hmm. So Kansas City is a sports town. We know that. Sure. Uh, Royals, Chiefs. At one time, we had the NBA, the NHL, but you also have college sports. You have two very competitive radio stations in this town. It's a two-sports talk town, sports mm -hmm. talk radio, and you've worked at both. Sure. So how is it for you? Give us the 35,000-foot view. Why is Kansas City 
so competitive. Why is it such a great sports town, and why is it so competitive that it supports two sports talk formats? Because we love our teams here differently. It means more. And, okay. and you realize that during the World Series. And, and when you go to New York City, and I don't know if you've had the, the same experiences, but I was doing a, a, a piece for another television station at the time, and we were walking around interviewing people about the World Series. Some people didn't know what was going on. Other people didn't know who was in it. And we're literally yards from City Field. Yeah. Like there's City Field and here we are in Queens talking to people. Who are you rooting for in the World Series? And the answer was who's playing? In the city. Yes. Wow. And it was unbelievable. Nobody knew. Nobody took an interest. Nobody grasped it. And in a town like Kansas City, sports just mean more. I mean, Kansas City while we do have people that have obviously come from other places, it's pretty much you were born here, you were raised here, you're here. Very parochial. You know, the not as much as St. Louis, and we can get to that, but, but you <laughs> right. look at the, some of the coasts, like the New Yorks, the L.A.s, and, and I know I'm going to say this isn't going to be wrong, but Chicago, obviously not a coast, but Chicago to an extent, and the entire southern belt of this country from Miami to San Diego, very transient. So the people there don't have a love affair with their teams because everybody in, in uh, Florida mm-hmm. is from New York or New Jersey. Right. You know, right. everybody in Arizona is from Chicago or Michigan, and everybody in California is from someplace else. But everybody from Kansas City has an ownership in their team, mm-hmm. and it means more because it's theirs. And when you're in other cities that are so transient and people move in and people move out, or you move to New York for two years just to get an experience and you come back home, you don't fall in love with those teams. You keep your allegiances. You keep your, yeah, and yeah. sports just means more in Kansas City. I think, too, we're sort of we have that chip on our shoulder. We're flyover country, you know. On Saturdays when there's a big game, it's usually the Red Sox and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So when our teams do well, whether it's the Chiefs showing up on Sunday night or Monday night football or the national game, or the Royals now in the playoff hunt and in the World Series, and everybody has to talk about Kansas City. I think it's an identity thing too. Sure, a little bit of one, Pride. yeah. But but I think what's also cool about that is what the Royals showed us in fourteen and fifteen, and I think the Chiefs showed us last year. People are rooting for us, you know. Yes, they, they want us to yeah. to win. They want us to be successful. They like what's going on here. They want us to beat the Patriots. They wanted us to beat you know the Mets and and the way that the Royals did that thing in fourteen with the wild card when like everybody was watching that game. And you'd go through airports mm-hmm. after that with your Royal stuff on. People go, I was rooting for you yeah, guys. I love yeah. you guys. I'm rooting for. You. I love watching you play like America fell in love with Kansas City and I think Kansas City grew up so much because of the Royals just as a city I think before the Royals went on the run I don't think we believed in ourselves now after seeing what the Royals did everybody's wearing a shirt with a heart that says KC everybody's embracing KC and everybody believes that we can do whatever it is that we want to do and and I attribute that to the Royals I think you're right I think that gave us a boost. Yeah, just, just, a, just a, Yes, uh, uh, self-esteem. Yeah. Okay, I'm from KC, and I'm proud of it. Right. You know, I don't have to have a second team that I follow, the Cubs or the Yankees or whatever right. the case may be. So so I think that's, I think it's a great point. What about soccer? I mean, I, I, I know that the, the soccer fans are loyal. Mm-hmm. We're supporting Kansas City here. It's a wonderful ownership group. Yeah. Beautiful stadium, one of the first of its kind. Uh, where's its place in our community? Growing. And I think so, too. 
Yeah, big time. I don't know that it'll ever be what obviously MLB and NFL are, mm-hmm. but it has a place, right? It, yeah, it definitely has a place. Yeah. Fills a, a big time void, I think, for a lot of people, especially like I said, like a, a dad with two girls that play soccer. Right. They like watching it, and it fits into what America is all about now. As we talked about, two hours, you're in, you're out. It's quick, it's fast, and you're on with the rest of your day, and you get to see a good product too. And they've done, they did an amazing job, and and I'll give them credit, and have given Sporting Kansas City a lot of credit. I think they put the pressure on the Royals and the Chiefs to get their tails in gear and to start winning some games because when they rebranded and then they won the MLS Cup championship, all of a sudden they were the popular guy. You in saw town. a lot of sporting gear. A lot of sporting you? gear. And all of a sudden the Royals and Chiefs are going, wow. Hmm. I think that was like 2012. We know what happened in 2012 with the Chiefs. That was a disastrous season, the worst season in the history of any franchise in the NFL. And, and the Royals were still trying to find their way. Right. But after that, 2013 happened. The belief in the Royals started to happen. Andy Reid came into Kansas City. I think the success of sporting Kansas City jump-started the Royals and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And without that success, maybe we're not talking about World Series yeah. and a potential Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So given that, do we ever attract an NHL or NBA franchise here? No, I don't think so. Again, yeah. we got to have that owner. And, and, and until we find that owner who's willing to make that commitment to Kansas City, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I don't think Sprint Center really wants one either. I'm not sure. <laughs> they, they, they always rank high on the concert list because yeah. – they get so many concerts. You mentioned St. Louis, and I. this is something that's interesting to me, the two different cities. And I'm not from here. I'm from central Kansas. But, man, the, 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 the there's a rivalry there. Mm-hmm. And yet, and you've worked in both markets. Sure. You, you were at a, a sports talk station in St. Louis. So give us your perspective of what it was like then and what it's like now. And I do think it's interesting the Rams have left and the Chiefs now are being embraced by St. Louis as the Blues were embraced here. I, was I thought that was fascinating. cool. Wasn't I that did great? too, Wasn't yes. Wasn't that great? Like it, for, a, for a minute, we could put our loathing hatred of yes. St. Louis aside and say, you know, this is pretty cool what the when Blues are Patrick doing. Patrick Mahomes shows up in a Blues jersey yeah. on their big board and on national television – it's like, wow, this is a love fest. Yeah, it right? really was. But I don't think the love fest is there anymore. I well, don't think not. we're back to you know, <laughs> right. not liking each other anymore. But, you know, St. Louis was a very interesting city. If you weren't from there, they wanted nothing to do with you. And obviously, I've I heard that. From there, and you and, experienced that. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, uh, you know, there a lot of good things to do parks and museums sure. and some good restaurants and things like that. But from a person standpoint, from a people standpoint, I wouldn't trade the people in Kansas City for anything. I mean, people here are welcoming. They're nice. Hey, we're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. People in St. Louis are, why are you here? I said, I took a job. I mean, what, what do you mean, why am I here? What, what, where are we going You were there this? for how long? Three years to the day. Did you ever feel accepted there? No. God, no. I yeah. hated it there. Yeah. I, I absolutely hated it there. And, and you know, it's funny looking back because I remember talking to somebody about the Rams and they weren't good when I was there. It was 07, 08, 09. They were a terrible franchise. And obviously we know why they were trying to tank to get the hell out of St. Louis, right? right? And so I remember talking to somebody. I go, why, why aren't people embracing this football team? And they go, well, they're not from here. I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? You're even doing that with your sports franchises? That's why St. Louis is a city that's dying and Kansas City is a city that's growing. Yeah. I'm, I've had, we've had St. Louis people over here not only working in our newsroom but for events, and they are amazed at how many cranes are up downtown. Oh, yeah. The, 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 wow, we had no idea, you know. And, and now the Chiefs, I believe, have a radio affiliate over there. Yep. Chiefs are trying to carefully tread on, you know, let's let's be their team as well. So mm-hmm. I, I like the sound of that. How many times did you get asked, what high school did you go oh, all to? all the time, and I used to tell them an all-girls high school. <laughs> there, there was a, We lived in the Central West End, and there was a high school there called Rosati Kane, and I used to tell them that all the time. And Get these blank stairs. What? That's it. So how fun was it to come back home? It was great. It was it was it was great to come back to Kansas City. And 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 Eric Khan brought me back in in 
January of 2010, and I owe them a, a whole heck of a lot. They're an amazing place, an amazing company to work for. And, and Ryan McGuire was the program director, and he says, "You want to come back?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll come back." When do I start? When do right? I start? Yeah. Right, and it was it was uh, right yeah. away. And we just had it, our first child at the time, so it was the perfect time yeah. to come back and you know have your in laws around, and they've been so helpful with everything too. I'm sure they loved it as well. Oh God, yes. So we talked a little bit about this in your podcast with me. I'll I'll, I'll turn the tables again, and we'll talk about it with you. Where is the business going? Uh, ra- you're, you're primarily radio. You've done sure. some television, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you see it 10 years from now? Where do you see Bob Fesco 10 years from now? On demand. I think, that, I think, that's, right. I think that's everything right now. I, I think people listen when they want, when it's available to them. I think people consume more now because it's easier for people to consume. Like, if you listen to our show from 6 to 10 in the morning— you may get 15 minutes in your car, but by the time you get to work, you download the podcast, you're listening to the rest of the day, and, and you can kind of consume it whenever that you want to consume it. And I think that's where it's headed. We're we're super serving everybody's needs right now, and, and I think that's what you have to do. That's what we want. I know that's that's the way I consume things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you hear about something? Oh, let me get the podcast on that. And, and you immediately think podcast, 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 and everything is on this phone that you have sitting in front of you right yep. now and I have in my pocket. If it, You have to be able able to reach people through that device. And it, it goes back, I, I want to say 2011 or 12, I was speaking to KU. And I said, how many people listen to the show? And, and like none of these students raised their hand. I said, nobody listens. They go, well, we consume it on podcasts later on our phone. And I'm like, oh, really? That's interesting. And yeah. that's when I had that first kind of awakening that that's where we were going. That's where the younger generation was headed. And that's where I think everybody is headed right now. You want to listen on your phone. You want to be able to do everything on your phone. And if I can't get it on my phone, the chances of me seeing it are probably slim to none. I, I always tell students, young people, when I speak to classes, it's the business of television news and radio. In your case, sure, it it has to sustain itself. As you can you can do all the good journalism, all the great stories, you can be entertaining, but you have to monetize it because you have shareholders or owners right. who have to pay the bills. Can that on demand? Be monetized. Yeah, can, I think can so. it keep us in the business that we're in and we yeah, love? Yeah, I, th- I think everybody's figuring out how yeah. to do that now. I mean, we, you know, we live stream everything, so everybody's listening yes. online. You're getting commercials online. You're getting sponsors online. Right. Like e- everything is is moving that way. Like if you're not moving that way, then you're going to be left out. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up with some fun here. I, I want to know your thoughts on who wins the next championship first: um, Chiefs, Royals, KU. MU in any sport. Well, obviously, Chiefs and Royals, we know what those sports are, but yeah. just in K-State. So okay. we'll, we'll throw the, the three, the big three colleges mm-hmm. and the two professional teams. Now, the Chiefs are going to get the first shot out of the gate. They'd be the most likely. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think obviously it's easy to pick the Chiefs to yeah. win it, but you know Andy Reid's had twenty years and he still hasn't right. been able to do that yet. Does right? he get the monkey off his back this I think year? He, I, I think he does. Okay. Yeah, like like I, I've been saying all along, it's Super Bowl or bust. Anything less than a Super Bowl is an underachievement yeah. this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. How long City before Chiefs? the Royals are back in the? Hunt? I'm saying twenty one, twenty two. Okay, you know, pretty sooner rather than later. I know they're really driven more so than they've ever been to win a championship over there. They've won one in, in twenty fifteen, right. and we're setting our biases aside now. Mm-hmm. KU, K State, MU, any sport. Let's talk the revenue sports: football, basketball. Yeah. Who wins a title first? Kansas basketball. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I think that's the logical yeah. one. I think it's so hard in football for anybody not Alabama to win a championship. You know, and you know Boy. Missouri basketball right now when they had Michael Porter Jr. and all that excitement. I don't know where they are right now. And I think K State's always going to live in KU shadow yeah. when it comes to basketball. 
Unless Bill Self leaves, and then they bring in somebody. Then to everything coach, changes. And then changes yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then of course there's the Les Miles era. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I think KU fans should be excited yeah. about it. But you know, proof's in the pudding with him still. Let's see yep. what happens, man. Let's see we'll what see. goes out there and see how he does. I'm still mad we don't have Mark Mangino. You know, I miss I miss that. Love that I was guy. in Miami at the Orange Bowl. Yep, I was Coach too. Mangino, and, and I remember freezing. Cold. I remember freezing cold. I got there the day of the game, but I, so I knew from friends who were there, dressed warm. And I just remember thinking, and bless my wife, who allowed me to go at the last minute, this may never happen again. I've got to take advantage of this. Yeah. I'm so glad I did. It hasn't happened since. No, it has not. And the BCS doesn't even exist anymore. Right. But that was the same year, of course, that the Jayhawks went on to win a national basketball title. And I remember telling all my friends, enjoy it. Yeah. Because it's my dad used to tell me that the Giants won the Super Bowl in 1986. And he said to me, enjoy this because it doesn't happen often. I'm like, whatever, old man. Right. And that's I find myself saying that twice, three times a week on the air. Remember, enjoy this because it's not going to be here forever. And the Chiefs were last there in 69 with a guy by the name of Lenny Dawson. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can maybe we can do that. that, uh, I was not. (laughs) You didn't cover that one, John? I did not. I would love to have been there, but uh, (laughs) oh, my. I'm not that old. Thanks anyway. Bob Fesco, 610 Sports Fesco in the morning. Thanks, buddy. It's been fun. You got it, my man. Rock Thanks for chalk, having me. And I hope nobody minds us saying that. Thanks yeah, for joining chalk. us here on Signal Hill, your podcast.